Your story is finished. You've reached the end. Your beta readers are waiting. An agent has asked for a full manuscript. Or maybe you are getting it ready for your editor. What are some easy ways to immediately improve your manuscript before you send it out? Let's find out in this episode of Writing Pursuits. Welcome to the Writing Pursuits podcast, where authors like you discuss writing craft, author life, and book marketing strategies. I'm your host, Catherine McKee. I own Writing Pursuits and write and produce the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. In addition, I am a speculative fiction author. Writing Pursuits is for authors who drink too much coffee, endure judgmental looks from their furry writing companions, and struggle for words. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. Please leave a comment, a star rating, and follow the show to help others find Writing Pursuits. This is part two of a two-part series. The first part was in episode 41, and you can find that at writingpursuits.com forward slash podcast. Before you send your manuscript to beta readers or to an editor, here are seven more ways to immediately see an improvement in your manuscript. Number one, get some sleep before you revise. If I had a dollar for every time I discovered errors in my own writing the next day, I would be able to attend another conference this year. Something happens when we sleep and getting some shut-eye before you proofread your draft makes errors stand out. I don't know if our brains work overtime at night or if things look different in the light of a new day, but taking time away from a manuscript, even a few hours, lets you see your work in a fresh way. Do not hit publish or send your manuscript off immediately after you think the revisions are done. Let time elapse or get some sleep. Then look it over before you send it into the world. Number two, before you revise, read for substance. When you are revising any project longer than a short story, it is easy to get lost in the little stuff and miss the big picture. First, make a valiant attempt to put on your quote unquote reader hat and read your story all the way through with fresh eyes. Does the beginning pull you in? Are the stakes high enough? Does tension build? Is the ending satisfying? Make notes separately, preferably on a notepad, and you're preferably reading on a PDF where you can't make changes right away. You're a reader. After you finish, then you can put on your editor hat and make revisions. Number three, vary your sentence structure. Scan your sentences looking for repeated beginnings. For instance, she took off her hat and sat on the bench. She opened her bag to pull out a mirror and lipstick. If you read your story aloud, as we discussed last week, this is one of the problems you will notice. Each sentence began with she. Does the sentence structure change? Not in this instance. What about sentence length? Make your sentences various uh, lengths. So some are short, some are medium, and some are long. Change it up. Number four, shorten your paragraphs. Speaking of sentence length, you also need to beware of long half-page paragraphs. Readers crave white space so they can speed through your story without rereading for clarity. If you need a long paragraph, be sure to switch up paragraph length as you go along. 
Here are a few ways to shorten paragraphs to achieve clarity and improve the reader experience. Avoid excessive, grandiose words. Break up long descriptions by sprinkling in critical information as the plot progresses instead of doing an information dump. Break up dialogue like your language arts teacher tried to teach you. Each speaker gets their own paragraph. If someone interrupts, they get a paragraph break. Don't put two people's dialogue in one paragraph. That's a, a frequent error I see. Eliminate unnecessary words and phrases. If something goes without saying, get rid of it. It goes without saying. Watch for that. Search out the word that and see if it is truly necessary. Many times you can cut the word that. Many times you can eliminate in order to also. So the words in order to are generally not necessary. Search for adverbs, especially if they're paired with speech tags. I'm so happy, she exclaimed joyfully. Adverbs are not evil, but they are easy to abuse. Many times you can choose a stronger verb. What are the last three tips in this series? Let's find out after a word from our sponsor. Writing Pursuits is run by Catherine McKee, who has been trusted by fiction authors since 2014 to take their writing to a new level of excellence. Catherine is a three-story method certified editor who specializes in story diagnostics, coaching, and line editing to help you prepare your story for the journey ahead. For more information, go to writingpursuits.com. The link is in the show notes. And now, back to the podcast. So far, we have talked about resting before revising, reading for substance, varying sentence structure, and shortening paragraphs for readability. Number five, stick with said and asked speech tags. Much like the previous tip, there are no villains among speech tags. It is fine to use replied, exclaimed, shouted, murmured, and so forth. But said and asked are invisible to the reader. Other speech tags can sound stiff and artificial, especially if overused. I need to be clear, he explained. You don't need to say anything, she interposed. Oh, but I must, he argued. Let's rewrite that. I need to be clear, he said. She shook her head. You don't need to say anything, he grabbed her arm. Oh, but I must. Yikes. See how much information the beats added? Minimize speech tags and make the beats do the heavy lifting. Number six, elevate your dialogue. Have you ever thought of the perfect response hours after an intense conversation? At last, you think of the funny turn of phrase that would have diffused the situation. No, maybe that's just me. I confess the right words do not come to me when the pressure is on. So I stand there like a lump, which is probably better for my continuing relationships because sarcasm is my first language. What's really going on while I stand there in silence is I am biting my tongue, grasping for a grown-up, mature response. However, I think the quick, witty comeback is one of the reasons I write fiction. Written dialogue is an author's opportunity to make the perfect retort sound natural. Your shy character gets to slip in a zinger. Hooray! You can make it happen, but not if your dialogue is too realistic. In real life, our conversations are cluttered with inane comments about the weather or the movies, our workouts, and forgive me, our kids' soccer games. 
elevate your dialogue by making it better and more focused than real life. Millions of people watch Gilmore Girls reruns for the fast talk. We secretly wish our conversations could be half as witty as theirs. Your work does not need to be as sharp and snappy as the one-liners in Gilmore Girls, but a sure way to improve your manuscript is to cut the deadwood out of your characters' interactions. Number seven. The final tip is to avoid overusing proper names. Robin Williams was a master of using humor to evoke memories and poke fun at pretentious behavior. As the genie in Aladdin, he mimicked the funny way broadcasters speak to co-hosts during holiday parades, frequently addressing each other by names. Don't they look lovely, June? Fabulous, Harry. I love the feathers. Imagine proper names used continuously throughout an entire scene. Ah, Lady Periwinkle, how do you do today? Poorly, Miss Throckmorton, I have the gout, you see. Oh, no, please, Lady Periwinkle, take my seat. Miss Throckmorton, I could never discommode you in that way. I will sit here next to Countess Warwick. She's always so delightfully energetic. Good day to you, your ladyship. Ah, such a pleasure to see you, Lady Periwinkle, though you are looking quite unwell this morning. I dare say you are in a lot of pain. Do sit here and prop your foot on the ottoman. My husband, the Earl, you know, finds it most useful. See how silly that sounds? (laughs) You know, I kind of read it in a British accent. Sorry about that. Using proper names in dialogue sounds unnatural and stilted. Worse, sometimes authors use speech tags in addition to making the characters address one another by name. Don't they look lovely, June? said Harry. June replied, fabulous, Harry. I love the feathers. Mm. If the conversation is between two characters, you need few, if any, tags. The characters rarely need to address each other by name, although you may sometimes need to state who is doing what. Also, use pronouns when you can because proper names slow the readers down. For instance, Matilda studied the two pins left at the end of the polished lane, a 7-10 split. This was her last frame. If she didn't pick up the spare, Ben would win, two out of three. But she hadn't been a champion bowler in college for nothing. No way you'll get the spare. Ben slouched in his orange hard plastic chair, arms crossed. She lifted her ball from the ball-returning cradle that $10 says I will. Money's easy. What say we make this interesting? How? Wary, she glanced his way. What was going on behind those devilish eyes? The corner of his mouth lifted. A kiss. If you don't pick up the spare, you owe me a kiss when I drop you off. But if you do make it, I owe you a pizza dinner. Pizza? (laughs) From here? No thanks. Think I'm cheap? Nah, I know a great Italian place where they cook their pizzas in a wood-fired oven. Nothing but the best. Her eyes focused for one moment on his lips. A kiss for Ben or wood-fired pizza? She nodded. Those were odds she could live with. In this scene, the characters' names appear once in the speech tags, but their lines do not get confused. The more people who appear in the scene, the more difficult it is to handle names. Let's add two people to the scene. Remember, Matilda is a point-of-view character. Matilda studied the two pins left at the end of the polished lane, a 7-10 split. This was her last frame. If she didn't pick up the spare, Ben would win two out of three. 
but she hadn't been a champion bowler in college for nothing. Ashley and Tom, their best friends, trailed far behind them on the scoreboard. No way you'll get the spare. Ben slouched in his horned, hard plastic chair, arms crossed. Matilda lifted her ball from the ball return and cradled it. Ten dollars says I will. <laughs> Money's easy. What say we make this interesting? How? Wary, she glanced his way. What was going on behind those devilish eyes? The corner of his mouth lifted. A kiss. Ashley groaned. Really? You can do better than that? Yeah, man. Sounds kind of desperate to me, Tom said. Ben ignored the interruption. If you don't pick up the spare, you owe me a kiss when I drop you off. But if you do make it, I owe you a pizza dinner. <laughs> pizza? From here? No, thanks. Their friends laughed. Think I'm cheap? Nah. I know a great Italian place where they cook their pizzas in a wood-fired oven. Nothing but the best. Her eyes focused for one moment on his lips. Immediately, Ashley covered her face. Oh, please, tell me you're not actually thinking about it. A kiss for Ben or wood-fired pizza? She nodded. Those were odds she could live with. Sorry, do you have whiplash yet? I mean, we went from Victorian England to contemporary American romance in a flash. But the principle remains the same. Avoid overloading your scenes with proper names. In summary... Get some sleep before you revise. Before you revise, read for substance. Vary your sentence structures. Stick with said and ask for speech tags. Elevate your dialogue above everyday conversation. Make your paragraphs shorter. Avoid overusing proper names. The question of the week is, what is your biggest challenge when you revise your manuscripts? Leave your answer in the comments at writingpursuits.com forward slash podcast forward slash 42. That's all I have for you today. Until next time, keep writing. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Keep writing.